0: And welcome back to another episode of the Geek Whisperers. My name is John Mark Troyer. And I'm Amy Lewis. And I'm Matt Brender. This is a very special Geek Whisperers. We are on uh, VMUG Eve. As we release this, uh, we're a few days earlier as we're recording this. We will be appearing at the Silicon Valley VMUG in Santa Clara on Tuesday, April the 12th. So we are planning on releasing this on Monday the 11th. And we will be appearing live in person as if it was the opening of a mall or perhaps an auto dealership. (laughs) I hope there will be like balloons and popcorn.
1: (laughs) I also like that you said appearing as if we're just going to like teleport there.
0: (laughs) We are. While you two are getting on tubes of metal and flying in the air, I will jump in my Prius, trusty Prius, and motor down there uh, uh, semi-electronically.
1: The silent
0: but deadly of vehicles.
2: (laughs) Stereotypes hurt, John. Stereotypes hurt.
0: Hey, I'm a Californian. I eat a lot of kale and I'm every day. So anyway, the VMUG organization, the VMR user group organization, graciously invited us to uh, actually do some presentations and appear at the VMUG. And we're actually, we're super excited that our schedules align to let that happen. This is not the first VMUG we've been at, but I think it is perhaps the first VMUG we've been at collectively. Is that true?
2: That's absolutely true.
1: I can't believe it given like just the sheer number of VMUGs we've been to between the three of us. But yeah, this is the first time we're coming together. So We have appeared at Spiceworks,
0: and we have appeared at VMworld, and almost at a bunch of other places. But uh, I think this is the first VMUG. So uh, we're doing a couple of different things, and actually it's, it's pretty cool. And I think it's a nice added element. If I say so myself, it is a nice added element to the event that we're doing, That to be able to add this to the event, a little something more extra than just the standard sessions and the standard keynotes.
2: Well, and I think that is totally one of the things I'm excited about just to to reveal a little bit of this concept that I think a lot of event organizers, because I'm in these conversations all the time in my day job, are getting into is what is a real value add to an attendee? And thinking, like you said, sort of beyond that brain food, what other kinds of fuel? And the number of times this has come up as, you know, what can people do to further their careers? What is that differentiator? And that's kind of how the conversation started a little bit here of creating that that other experience. So, of course, we're all there to learn about the tech, but in an ever-changing industry, probably the other second most prominent hallway conversation is, "What are you doing?" or "Have you changed gigs?" or it comes up a lot, doesn't it?
1: Or how's your job? Are, yeah. Do you still like it? Is it <laughs> still relevant? I, I mean, it's something we have to ask ourselves. What seems like weekly at this point, and if you're not, then you're kind of putting yourself at risk at times. I don't want to scare people into this, but I do want to shake a few people I know pretty vigorously until they realize like they have so much potential to do more than what they're doing if they choose to. But I think the intentionality of it is is huge.
0: And so, yeah, hopefully it will be interesting for the folks that do show up tomorrow as we release this. So, Amy, one of the things we are actually also participating in the show, in the event, we're not actually just showing up, despite my uh, my earlier statement, so one of the things you're doing is you're actually chairing a panel. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, it's an incredibly cool opportunity. We're doing a, a tech pioneers panel. And uh, do you think I should let everybody in on the secret? <laughs> for listeners of the podcast,
0: Amy, what is actually the secret of this panel?
2: Well, the conversation started because it was going to be a women in tech panel. Mm. And yeah, yeah. For
0: a specific reason. And you can explain why.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think all of us, and I'll well maybe not all of us. I'll go on record as saying me as a representative of womankind, as one is asked to do when one is asked to be a capital W woman in tech. We've seen a lot of these, and sometimes we talk to just each other about it, and sometimes we talk at people about it, and and I don't dismiss it all. So my levity here is not about the relative unimportance of the topic, but I think what we're all tired of is talking to women only about how hard it is or STEAM STEM and not about the amazing things they're doing every day. So we decided to reframe this. There are some amazing panelists, and I I won't try to name everybody, but uh, it's quite a bunch of firepower. But how much fun will it be to have have us talk about being tech pioneers and look at this in a whole different frame. And I'm sort of waiting to see how many people will notice the gender imbalance on the panel.
0: <laughs> so it will be uh, it is not a women in tech panel, but um, there's how it's a big it's a big panel. How big
2: is it? I think we've got five or six guests and yourself
0: and I will be the and they are all women, except for me.
2: Are, how do you feel about being a token,
0: John? <laughs> <laughs> you know i I actually feel fine about it. There's often a token woman on a lot of panels, it seems like, and so I'm happy to be the token dude to talk about being a tech pioneer and being, which I think we will end up
2: touching on women in tech, at
0: least tangentially.
2: Well, I hate to tell you this, again, just for listeners, I may have to ask you how you managed to do it all. <laughs> how,
0: do, how I managed to balance family and a, a busy job and travel.
2: And well-conditioned hair, exactly.
0: <laughs> we can talk about my hair. That is a great, great conversation. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. What are some of the other topics we're going to be covering? Because I've, I've been ignoring my email.
2: Oh, in terms of uh, the geek whispers? No, I was in terms of the panel. Well, it really is going to be kind of an in-depth conversation about a number of people who have started, run, and done interesting things in the industry. So we have everybody from people in the individual contributor space to people who are in management to people who have done startups. So I think it's it's looking to be kind of a wide spectrum of talent and and different approaches to this crazy industry. So it's sort of right in the pocket of the things we talk about so often and a really wide breadth of perspectives.
0: Nice. Well, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And I think one of the, I've been actually Googling here while we've been talking, I'll admit to it. One thing we're reacting against, and if people don't, don't know how these things (laughs) usually go is that just to spell it out, I think you, you implied it, Amy, but at these women in tech panels, you, you get a bunch of women up on the, on the stage. And I was actually looking for a a specific example of uh, uh, one that happened last year. And it may have been at a Fortune conference. But anyway, the the CEO of YouTube was on the panel or being interviewed, Susan Wojcicki. This woman runs YouTube, right? One of the largest media properties on the planet. And the very first question from uh, a Today Show host was, you know, how do you manage it all?
2: And to be honest, this was my inspiration, because again, when it first got started, that was a little bit of the focus. And then as the organizers, as we all talked it through, we kind of had that moment of like, we cannot sit through one more of these. Let's really get into some of the the juicier topics. Let's talk about what people are doing.
0: Yeah, actually, sorry, just to correct myself before we get too far. It was actually at the Dreamforce conference, and it was actually Gail King, Oprah's friend, who asked Susan Wojcicki that question. Anyway, I'll,
2: I'll be quiet now. I'm hoping, Matt, that you'll be a plant in the audience and can yell out some at man who knows it all style questions for us.
1: Actually, Amy, that's not how that question goes. (laughs) If you could mansplain the moderation, that would be even better. I'm a little worried
0: that on the being on the panel that like, like I better not mansplain anything or else I am going to be in trouble. (laughs) It it sounds like it sounds like a really fun event. It's going to be the the lunchtime keynote if you're there. Hopefully it'll be recorded. I don't know, but we'll definitely report on it. So that's one aspect of what we're doing. But also uh, the Geek Whispers are getting together, too. I got some new gear for this event. So we're actually going to be doing two different things.
1: Well, John, you're so excited about the gear. I think you almost forget what we're doing.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> he's
1: nice. like, wait, 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 guys, I got a new microphone. You want to you see the new microphone? There's a bunch of do wikis and new new bobs to connect together. <laughs> I
0: got six new microphones.
1: It's awesome. Oh, who's a happy boy?
2: <laughs> and our job is to take pictures of them and stand around them. And if we're lucky, he'll let us use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You promise to uh, treat them nicely. But if you do end up joining us at this, this here Mug, we're going to be holding a all-day career consulting session so from the the beginning of the morning until the panel and then after the panel into the afternoon we are going to have a menu of options where you can come up and talk to one or more of the geek whispers one-on-one or three-on-one conversation about your career and some different topics so i'm really excited to see this it's also very funny to put a menu together of the things that we Talk about and are good at, and things that we want to talk to other people about in person, and it's
2: funny because for those of you who are regular listeners, these will be the types of questions you hear us ask our guests all the time. For anybody who has the I don't know, sometimes I think relative misfortune of running into us in a hallway anywhere, do you guys feel this way? I feel like I can literally feel when my geek whisper hat goes on, and I start to go, "Oh oh,, well, what are you doing these days?" Huh. So, well, what have you been thinking? Well, why are you frustrated or why are you
1: enjoying it? What would you never do again in your career? <laughs> what, would, <laughs> what would you tell <laughs> what the problem of hiring a tech evangelist is? <laughs> no, it, it
2: should,
0: it should be a lot of fun. I feel a little bit like Lucy and peanuts, like the doc, the geek Whispers are in.
2: I really think we should ask for a booth. Uh, you know, we we've got to get, yeah, that sort of style booth and then a nickel for all the advice. <laughs> so I think the nickels will really roll in.
0: Well, I wanna I wanna drill down on that in a minute, kind of some of the things we're gonna be talking about, but we're also recording a panel, I believe, right? Which is why I got the gear.
1: Oh yeah. We'll be in the afternoon after the the Tech Pioneers panel, we'll be pulling a few pioneers to go one step further into the abyss with us and <laughs> uh, recording a live Geek Whispers which will be an extension of that, but uh, less, I guess less about the successes, more about some of the failures. I'm not sure exactly where we're going with it yet. It should be good. It's it's really interesting to
0: record live. We've done that a lot. It's going to sound better now, but we, we do that a lot at, at conferences and you do get a different energy when you record on site in person.
2: Well, we can see each other. So then when we step all over
1: each other, it's more intentional. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, being able
0: to look at the guest and kind of read their body language and see what if they want to talk more, if they're confused by our question, or that sort of thing. I think it gives a better energy. I actually prefer to be live on site. It's exciting.
1: It's such a great opportunity. It's really special. Yeah, I think it's it's so cool for us to be getting together.
0: And then we, you know, the one-on-one thing, the kind of the the clinic piece, is actually something also you can only do at an event, right? Because we we do end up talking to people a lot because of this podcast. I mean, maybe in the hallway at work or but also DMs and emails and people ping us and people ping us all the time, just to kind of get our perspective. I know Matt, you were one of the people in Ken Hoy's kind of uh circle of trust, helping him pick a new job.
1: Yeah, I was on the quit my job panel for Ken Hoy, which was an honor. It's very interesting. It's it's kind of funny that we we started talking about social media and technology and enterprise IT and As we transitioned to telling people's career stories, we started becoming the people that others come to about their career. It's kind of weird how we got there, but I like it.
2: It is one of those, I have these moments of how on earth did we get here? And that's exactly it. And I think it's somewhat of a, we kept hearing these interesting stories and patterns and then I'm just naturally nosy. So it, it really does feel like there's a shift where I move from just being Amy, having a conversation to I'm like, stroking my imaginary psychotherapist beard and chewing on a pencil and, you know, but how did you feel about the fish? You know,
0: it, it is a little weird. And, um, you know, I feel so a little bit self-referential kind of talking about us. Why are we doing what we're doing? As people know, if they were listening to the podcast, right? We started off by talking about kind of marketing and technologists, and that's still kind of what we all sort of do for a living. But, um, increasingly we wanted to tell people stories. I think the Geek Whispers is going beyond just careers to talk about geek stories in general, but, but it, we do seem to focus on careers a lot because that's what people want to talk about. Like, what, what the heck do we know?
2: <laughs> that's a good question. So for everyone listening, considering we've had two listeners quit their job without another job,
1: we're glad they landed successfully and please don't sue us. <laughs> we give terrible advice. Terrible. I don't like where we're getting guys. We actually have a pretty amazing (laughs) track record. If I may say.
0: I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's actually fascinating. And I think it's been interesting over the years. I feel very privileged that people were willing to share their stories with us.
2: That's exactly it. I feel the same way. It's an honor. I am incredibly nosy. So I love listening to people talk it through. And I love people sharing their stories of how they, what they tried and how they did it. And I find myself in these conversations almost every single day, which I guess it's just a product of our age. We have so transitioned from a time when you had the same career for 30 years and you retired on the pension to where we are now. It's just complete transformation.
0: Yeah. My career has been very odd. And I actually, I like talking to people with the odd careers or the careers that didn't go in a straight line. Somebody was pitching us to actually um, to interview the founder of a startup who we might end up interviewing i don't know but he's this kid uh, you know he's he's literally still a child I, he must be in his mid 20s i guess but you know he founded a very famous open source project while he was in college maybe in high school i don't know again a child and then that became very famous and very popular and now he's formed a startup around it and now he's raised money and he has a very smart cool little cool startup that does open source and enterprisey stuff but you know a conversation with him will be interesting and uh, we might do it here on the on the show but it's very hard to for him to give advice because his example is found a world famous open source startup before you're 20 or an open source project before
1: you're 20 yeah the relatability of it uh as much as i want to just argue with you about ageism um <laughs> I do want to say that like, yeah, you're right. There's just, there are far fewer people that will have that life experience than us that feel like we studied weird things and then went in down weird pathways and ended up finding that they add up to a pretty complex and interesting career opportunity.
0: So to to move it from non-self-referential back back out, uh, some of the stuff we're going to be talking about, we talked about having a menu or talked about giving some advice. What are some of the things that you'll be wanting to talk about? I've got a, actually another talk coming up in a few months, which I will talk about later. But I'm going to be giving, again, uh, career planning advice. I don't know. I want to steal from your ideas. So well, Amy, what's your what's your best career advice or what, what are you going to be telling people to do at the VMUG?
2: Well, the number one thing. So if, if anybody's looking to do a little homework or if you're not going to be able to join us in person, then something to chew on for the next time we, we talk. The number one piece of advice I've been giving lately, and I, I believe this somebody gave it to me, is if you're going to pick something up, you have to put something down. It's so simple, but that's what makes it hard.
1: But how heavy is the thing you're holding?
2: <laughs> this is not all about metrics, you. God. Um, <laughs> Amy,
1: I can't follow your weird <laughs> metaphors without numbers. <laughs>
2: that. I think a lot of times we feel like we can't try or do anything new because we're so overwhelmed because so often our day jobs and lives require so much of us. And I genuinely believe to take on something with the kind of energy it needs, you've got to put something down. And there's something very active about it because you're making a choice and you're allowing yourself to let something go. If people really think about it, they figure out what it is. Either you you know, pass a task to a colleague who's really always wanted to try X, Y, Z, or you take a slightly different role. There's a million different ways to do it. Sometimes it's simply a matter of that is no longer driving the business. It's not serving you. It's not serving the company and you've become attached to it out of habit and not because it's driving the right things. And I'm always impressed. We all can find something, every single one of us, That's always the challenge I give people because then it's easy for them to figure out what they want to pick up.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. Is it hard for you think for people to put something down?
2: You know, I, I would like to claim I'm really good at this, but mine was forced. I got this advice before I went on maternity leave the first time. And if there's ever a thing in your career that will force you twice, it suppose ties in a little bit to some of the things we talk about with women in tech or just women in in careers period. But off ramping for a total in my case of 24 weeks of my life, uh, you know, in two 12 week segments, you absolutely aren't going to pick every single thing up because your life is very different when you go back than when you left it and your priorities change and you have a lot more clarity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mine had to be done by force, but it created more of a discipline where I realized, you know, I didn't die on the other side of it, right? The world didn't come to a screeching halt. I didn't disappear. And perhaps I was lucky and worked for the right company, but I think in general, we have such fear around stopping, but sometimes that's absolutely the only way forward.
0: I think it's an identity thing, right? You become the person that does X, right? Mm-hmm. Either at absolutely work or at reputation. And I mean, that's your full identity. Like how can you not be the person that does X? I, I think I've actually told this story in the early days on the podcast. And I may have used the metaphor, like kill your old self. And, uh, the, the, my story was, uh, at VMware, I, I was kind of the blogging guy, right? I was the guy that talked to bloggers and hung out with bloggers and did internal blogging and helped people with their blogs. And my boss told me a story, which was that, uh, again, that if, if I was going to move on in the company and do anything else, I had to stop being the blogging guy because that was my reputation. And it was very hard, right? Because it's the thing you love, right? It's the thing you're really having fun with. And he, he told the story, too, of, of his career. And he was at Sun and he was a community leader. And he really liked his community and he'd built it up from nothing. And it was, it was a big com, And, uh, you know, for him to move on with his career, he had to hand it off to somebody. They didn't treat it like you, you know, they, when you're handing off a, a project or a role or a baby, uh, not a literal baby, uh, you know, the, the people do, they, they don't, they don't treat it like you would, right. You feel that way anyway. It's very difficult to, ha- to put something down or hand it
2: off. In my case, I had to do that too. So, uh, it was, it was good training. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's exactly it John the the identity piece I think is really key so one of the things I'm looking forward to talking to people about is where their identity lies a little bit you know and are they ready to take on that new identity because I think a lot of us feel hungry for that next thing and and feel that we're going to find that much more fulfillment in moving forward but boy, it's hard to give up on things that you think the things you know things that make you comfortable and the things you think absolutely define you
0: Hmm. I love it. Well, so Matt, what's going to be your great advice you're going to give it to people?
1: Tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, if people want to follow the uh, the stereotypical path of what we talked about on Geek Whispers, I'm happy to dig into metrics. I'm going to call it metric therapy and discuss uh, whether or not you are measuring the right things for what you're trying to do. But what I'm more excited to talk about, I think if it comes up, is really um, something I don't highlight too often, but just how to make time in a busy schedule. I know I don't have the busiest schedule in the world, but we all have a relatively busy schedule. And I've been carving out more and more time through some practices of whether it's getting uh, GSD style or just like having little rituals built into the week to learn new things. So how do you make the time in the week to learn new things and continue to evolve? And I think back to, I think it was about a little over three years ago where I just had a hunch that I needed to understand how Git works because GitHub is a place that uses Git and it's where the conversation's going. It's almost like the developer Twitter. While people still hang out on Twitter, a lot of conversation happens native to the language of Git on GitHub. So I just started to learn that and really focus on it and just the, I guess, making time for that. I, I love to be too busy sometimes and take on all the things. But uh, still saying like, no, sometimes to Amy's point of putting some things down and making time for it, I, I'd love to look at people's calendars with them and really think of how they how they make time for one thing and learn it and also help prioritize what that is. Like, what is the thing that you need to be picking up?
2: Hmm. I really like that. And I think one of the things that's interesting there, Matt, and you are really, really good at this and, and you do have a really busy life because you've had all these things going on in your whole life. In addition to, you know, the sideline activity of this hobby, we have of podcasting, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think in anybody's life, it's easy to put off. And again, many guilty fingers pointing back at myself, it's basically terrible self care to not kind of carve out time to do certain things. Or we carve out things that we are forced to do. But finding a way to create the discipline to carve out that time to learn something new is really complicated. So I would absolutely sign up to to get some more tips on that so that uh, it's not just keeping the pile of papers, emails, et cetera, from toppling on my head, but really putting energy toward that next thing.
0: I love the fact that you built in self-care there because this isn't about doing more necessarily. It kind of is, right? It's right, Matt. It's, you can't work 80 hours a week. And I, I hate to advise people to do side projects, which I do when they're already maxed out. So I think that goes back to Amy's advice of of leaving something on, you know, you've got to leave something, but you've got to build in some time for mastery and skills building and and side projects or something. How you do that is going to be individual to how you juggle, you know, your own schedule and things like that. But I find it, I find it hard to even think about Matt. I mean, I do it my own. I mean, I'm sitting here at night. My my wife is, uh, we're waiting to have dinner. I'm podcasting yet again you know, I've got some more client work to do, Uh, you know, it's just, but uh, how do you balance it all? But I I think it's, it's, you've got to figure out a way to carve it out, Matt.
1: And there's also, that's a great point, John. But I also think um, I'd add to it by saying that there's a framing effect thing here. Like what you're trying to learn and what you're trying to accomplish is often framed in large, ambiguous ways. And I found that I had to actually, understand how I was framing what I was trying to achieve and then start framing it in little iterative pieces that I could schedule. Because if, if I tried to see it as one giant thing that couldn't be accomplished or could be accomplished, it was oversimplifying it in uh, in a way that was either too easy or too hard. So breaking it into iterative things and actually just making time for, for practice because any sort of mastery that we're going to come with, it, it's going to take practice. And I, I think at some point I lost that understanding that practice is good and that not everything I do has to have a result right away. But just the action of practicing is preparation for a future opportunity. And it's okay to throw away code sometimes. It's okay to not turn everything I write into a blog post. It's -hmm. just good to practice.
2: That is... I really love that comment. I think we do forget about the value of practice. And that is... Yet one more thing that's on my mind, because in a fit of, I must be out of my head, I am coaching my eldest soccer team, an assistant coach, I should say, but having never played the sport on a team, but having done nothing but practice. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Amy, you, you must be out of your head. <laughs> I must be out of my head. But the concept of repetition, because I'm learning, I'm only a step ahead of them. And that's been an interesting process. So that really resonated with me. I think we forget as adults that what you know as a kid, because they don't, I mean, of course, nobody loves doing drill after drill after drill, but it's part of an understanding that as you come into a sport, you'll do exactly that. And somehow, I don't know, we, we forget this as we age and, and think somehow the magic unicorns and butterflies will sweep over us with this knowledge because we have skills in these other places
0: you know we we didn't coordinate about this we kind of did but we didn't really and i love the way this has come together because uh i'd like to move on to what i'm going to tell people tomorrow it's actually less of a career tip and more kind of of a skills building and a productivity tip kind of as well it's to do the hard thing that scares you and do it first uh sometimes this advice is is packaged up as eat the eat your eat the
1: frog eat the toad or eat the frog i
0: think it's called ew <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, taking a, that advice. That's a nice age-old French saying.
0: Of the course, the very first thing you should do every morning is eat the most unpleasant thing on your list.
1: Oh. Um, and it,
0: it it involves a couple of things. It involves getting over fear. It involves uh, beating procrastination, because uh, if you don't eat the frog first, you will think about it. You will you will avoid it all day long, and you will instead you know make jokes on Twitter. Not that I've ever done that.
1: Um, <laughs> Stop um, watching my Twitter account, John. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've had a couple of good runs this week. I've have yanked some chains. I think the important thing there is in skills building in your job skills building. It is so valuable to do the thing that scares you that that has repercussions down the line because it is it's a, it's skills building and it, and it changes the way that your brain works. So instead of being stuck in a loop, like if you're afraid of spiders, which would not be a work task unless you work in a zoo. But let's say you were afraid of spiders. Your brain gets caught in this loop of like spider, 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 run, 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 run. run. You can't actually think of anything else. Whereas, I mean, there are many methods to reprogram your brain from, from kind of things like neurolinguistic programming or, or cognitive behavioral therapy, or, you know, but basically it's just rewire. It's, it's knocking you out of that rut that your neuronal pathways are in. So, um, you know, I had some experiences recently where I was, I was both working in, in a new, uh, project that I had not done, both type of project that I had not done before, that I very confidently had told the, co- the client I could do. And my team is working on it and, and we're figuring out how to do it. And, or even something like I had to write a difficult email to a client the other day saying that I wouldn't be able to work on their project. Again, I actually workshopped it with some folks that were sitting in the living room as we, as we wrote it, and it made a big difference. And, um, you know, the feedback from someone who happened to be an executive in the room was like, well, you'll get better at it as you do that more. But, you know, like if you are unable to have a difficult conversation at work, that is going to impede your work progress. If you are nervous about public speaking, right, that could impede your work process. If you procrastinate on a report and do it at the last minute for all those complicated psychological reasons, right, that is going to impede your, your work progress. So that, that's going to be one of the things that my themes are that's on my mind
1: right now. Amazing. Yeah. The, the face your fear that. methodology of life. Run at it. Or if you're going through hell, keep running. Or I just ruined that. Church, oh line. damn it!
2: <laughs> I'm basically thinking about frogs now. Like the advice is permanently lodged in my head and possibly in my throat. <laughs> See, a good
0: metaphor takes you a long way. Well, hey, so it has been a little bit self-referential, but I'm really looking forward to seeing both of you in the virtual tomorrow. Which, as we record this, is, is sometime next week. Definitely looking forward to being at the event, meeting people, both friends and new friends at the event. And this panel sounds really cool. So look forward to next episode. We will be talking uh, with our pioneer panel about uh, both the successes and failures, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We got to wrap this up at this point, but um, I don't know. I think it's probably worth asking you two both as you've done events, appeared at events and done panels. uh, Is there anything that you would, mistakes you've made that you would never do again?
2: (laughs) Wear a skirt when you have to sit on a bar stool.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good
2: one. Just I'm a little tip it. for all the ladies out there. There's a reason that you should always wear jeans
1: on stage. That's good, Matt. Oh, I'm blanking so hard. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't really. I don't really have probably anything. have this moment on stage. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't forget your deodorant. Um, <laughs>
2: you know.
1: I guess one nice thing is to to have expectations for it. I know there's a lot of advice against having expectations, but I, I think like I'm somebody that like I, I I'm used to speaking on stage on my own, so... I I talk a lot and um, when I'm at something where I'm on a panel I don't want to be overly chatty and hog the mic so frame it in a way where you know what you want to say and you'd feel good if you just said that one thing and didn't get to talk the rest of the time
2: Hmm. oh that's a really good one I like that I like
1: that let's make it into a metaphor with a frog now (laughs) (laughs) so be prepared for the frog to dive down your throat
2: (laughs) (laughs) Leap lest you be leapt upon.
1: Yeah, there we go. Amen.
2: (laughs) If
0: you're you're into eating frogs, uh, see us uh, at the uh, Silicon Valley VMUG or meet us back uh, next week on The Geek Whispers
1: you've been listening to the geek whisperers podcast tune in on itunes or stitcher for regular stories of technology careers cultures and lives share it with a friend or invite us to an event through our website geek-whispers.com find us on twitter at geek whispers or at j.troyer, mj.brender, mj brender and comms thanks for listening and see you next time